single-handedly broke up my marriage. You're an awful person. You're 24 years old. Why would I listen to you? Why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to you're listening to unlicensed, 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 unlicensed therapy with Ari Mendes. When I look at something, I can't just go, "Oh, that's pretty good." I gotta go, "Oh, that could be better." That's Let's funny. That. That's funny. I, I think uh, I'm good with saying that's eh, fine. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like that's that's good enough. Like I like to get away from situations. I'm just like whatever. It's it's Let's good. It. Let's go. Let's knock it out. Yeah. I'm I'm done thinking about this. <laughs> yeah, I need to get more like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's not. Um, I mean, you can get pretty like pushy with people. Where you're like, okay, no, it's enough. We we've, we've already talked about all these stupid details. <laughs> like I, I, yesterday, I filmed. Um, me and some other comics were asked to kind of film a test show for this uh, to for this team to pitch to Fox. Like okay. they had the Fox execs there, so they were just shooting the test show right. to get something. You know, it's not like it was a pilot or anything. Uh-huh. And uh, the guys came in. Of course, they get very detail oriented. And it's just like, yeah, we'll. we'll this when is we a get test there, show. Yeah, yeah <laughs> let's just go. Yeah, it's fine. Let's we do it. And then you figure that out for the real show. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you don't need to tell us everything. We're going to do what we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll run it a couple of times. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> let's try it. <laughs> yeah, you can even stop and us and tell us to say a, a line again. It doesn't have to feel like it's an actual written. Or like feel like it's a and streamlined I would be show. I would be that executive that's saying, "Oh, let's we got to do this, this, and this," and everyone would be like, "Relax." Yeah, like, calm down. But you need that guy. You I honestly, so. you need that. Every major project, whether it's uh, movie technology, needs that detail-oriented person. Like you need them. Sometimes I think it takes away from my comedy because okay. it makes me not funny for that moment. You know what I mean? You can't be funny. No, and, and, and get caught up in the details. And get yeah. caught up in the details. So yeah. sometimes I'm like, relax and be funny. Yeah, the performance really has to be as kind of like even with this podcast, when I'm worrying about the camera and the audio recorder and booking the guests, I'm, that's why I'm trying to get to the point where I can just come in and be the host. Yeah. I need to get a producer. Yeah, just, yeah. Even though I know how to do it all myself, sometimes it's hard to get a producer because I'm like, why am I getting that? I can do it myself. But sometimes you shouldn't do it yourself. I'm like that can. with certain things. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I know the benefit of getting somebody. Getting help. So it's kind of like this. You have to think of it in this sense is that you know how to do this. So you hire the person and you're like, look, I can do this myself. Yeah. You know, like, you, you know, but you are here to take this off of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good for you to be like not controlling but if they get stuck, it's like, okay, let's just do, 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 knocked it out, got it done. Like that was a whole big thing about, um, you know, Louis' deal. Like how he was able to direct, film, write uh, his own shows and stuff like that. It's the whole idea of he's, you know, he was like, I used to repair cameras as a 14-year-old. I used to be in the AV. I knew how to work around cameras and that's how I got that kind of deal. You know, it's just I knew all the things to do. So when I was on set, I knew how to handle it if I needed to, you yeah. know? And it kind of, it comes down to that. Spielberg is also kind of like that. 
this this dude that was just obsessed with camera work and angles and this and that as a kid. Right. And then it all just worked out. So there was this website once where it was like letters from the past, right? And there was a note, a, a, a high school love letter that Slash wrote to his girlfriend at the time. He was 16, right? And the letter, it said, hey, I forgot what her name was. Hey, you know, uh, I, I'm... I, I'm I'm upset that we didn't work out. It's it sucks, but you know whatever. It's cool. Yeah, you know, I get it. Maybe I play with my guitar too much. Maybe I'm too into it. You know, it, I saw that you're dating Bobby. He's dope. He's a really good friend of mine. So that's awesome. You know, <laughs> and basically, <laughs> Slash like he had an amazingly level-headed attitude. Yeah, very. About a girl who broke up with him. Very. And he started dating his friend, but yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. at the end of the day. And he day. drew a little weed plant. <laughs> you know, it's like, changed. Yeah, exactly. But it's that idea of like this kid who was uh, so like at that time, so many 16-year-olds are obsessed with like, I just want to get in somebody's pants. And yeah. this guy, it was all guitar. Well, he did like her though. He, he did, did like he her. He was trying to get in her pants. He just liked his guitar a little bit more. Yeah. Okay, here's a question to see if, which you like more, comedy or girls. You have to answer this openly okay. and honestly. I'll do my well, best. you don't have to, but... I'll do my best. I would take a dope show over seeing a girl, right? A new girl. Mm-hmm. I would take a dope show. But now let's say it's a dope show where you're friends with the producer and you know you could do it the next week. Mm. So you got, you got offered a show at the Hollywood Improv main room. Sold out. Yeah. But it's a weekly show and he goes, hey... You could do it next week. And I and I just haven't. This girl's like, I want to go on a date tonight. today. Yeah. I, 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 I got a show. You can come out with me, and then we'll go out afterwards. Okay. So I'd, be, I'd be like, choosing the show. you can come to the show. I was like, yeah, I got a show. I got to knock this out. Like, I wouldn't even think of calling the producer and asking him to push it at all. But it's you know it's not a big pr- – it's, it's your best friend. And he, and he runs the show every week. You could easily got, just be I like, hey, can show. I do it I already scheduled the show. All right. All right. I, you scheduled, I scheduled it. I told him I'd do it. All right. I uh, I have to stick to my word as much to the show as possible. All right. You That's one of the comedy. hardest things of, uh, of stand-up I see with people is that they want to move things around. It's like, look, man, you agree to it. You know, it's your job. Now, when it gets hard, I'll tell you the hardest decision okay. is when I have said yes to a show uh-huh. and a better show comes along. Oh, I always... That's I'll, the toughest because then it's... I've had that situation where it's like, this guy... it's a significantly better show, yeah. you cancel the first... They understand. You know what I mean? Most people who run Dude, shows I've, are I've had, I've had like... Uh, I would say about 5% of the time I've had people get very upset. I've had a couple of people get upset. It also depends like... Are you, do they have you build as a headliner? Are you canceling last minute? Are you, you know, there's a lot I've of I've done it weeks in advance. And they still get upset? Yeah. One, one guy was like, this is the second time you've done this to me. And I was like, well, and I want to tell him, well, your show's not that important. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just isn't. A long time ago, I forgot where I was talking with Brian Simpson. You know, I think he's a great comic. Yeah, he is. Great dude, man. He is. And uh, he asked me for advice, and I don't remember because I'll, I'll give advice and then I'll move on. <laughs> like I don't remember the conversation, but I think the person receiving advice remembers it more, right? Uh, because I'll dole out advice like nothing. And uh, <laughs> he was like, he asked me, "How did you get on the road?" I think stuff like that. And I was like, I said yes until I could afford to say no. I said yes to every single gig. I just said yes, yes, yes. And here's the thing: 
when you say yes, because he was struggling with saying yes, because he was debating how good a show was, if it was in his, if he needed to do it, all that kind of stuff. People put a lot of factors. Some people get a little lazy yeah. or I'm going to lose money and they think about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, you can't think about that. Just do it. Because the thing is, is that if you say no, that offer may never come again. Right. So I guess I had asked him to do Brea. Right. And he said, no, he was doing something or something. He couldn't do it. I forgot what it was. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And he ran into me like, or we always been running into each other. Maybe about two, three years later, I asked him to do a show. He's like, man, I'm going to say yes. Cause the last time I remember you telling me that I should say yes. And I said no to one of your gigs and you never asked me. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, man, I'm sorry. It's just, and it's not because I didn't like the guy. It's no. just, uh, now I thought of other people to work with. And then I went to them instead. At the improv, I used to f- be the guy or one of the guys who they would call last, like as a last minute fill in yeah. type of thing. Hey, can you do a spot tonight? Yeah, yeah. Whatever, the cold, can you host tonight? Whatever it was. And there were three times in a row where I had, you know, I looking back, I had to say no. I, I had a show already booked that yeah. was better. That's tough. So it wasn't bro. regret, but I said no like three times in a row just because I was busy doing other comedy things and I'm not that guy anymore. It's tough, I'm man. I'm not the go-to yeah. fallout guy anymore. So it, yep. it is. It's, it sucks. It can be. I'll tell you a story about I'm not going to say his name because it's not my story to tell. Mm-hmm. But it's a story that I, it's interesting because it's such a, well, here it is. Okay. So there's this comic. We know him. You probably know him. And mm-hmm. if you remind me, I'll tell you the name afterwards. Okay. Um, he, he said that there was a moment in his career when he was hitting on all cylinders, right? And everyone kept telling him that he was going to be the next guy, next guy. And he said, and you know what my biggest mistake was? Is I believed him. So then projects came around. And uh, Nickelodeon came around and asked me if I wanted to do a show, right? If I wanted to audition. Uh My agent said, hey, Nickelodeon likes your stuff. They want to know if you want to audition for one of the kids' shows. He said, ah, man, Nickelodeon, don't they, like, slime you? And it gets like, I I really don't want to do it. I I don't want to do it. So then they called again and they said, okay, how about this? Uh, he doesn't have to audition, but at least just come in and, and read for the role. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see if, uh, you know, we'll read with him with other actors. Not really an audition, just come in. Same thing. I don't know, man. It, they, they'd like to slime people. That was his big thing. He didn't want to get a mess. <laughs> then finally, the third time, they called again. They're like, he's got the part. If he just does it. And he turned it down. And he said, never got a call like that ever again. Damn. And that was it. And he, it was his own ego of like, I, he was there's half, something he better. He was actually half right, though, because he kept saying no. And they're like, then he didn't even have to audition because he said yeah. no. So he was like halfway right. He just took it that one step But then further he should have said yes. On the third else. one. Yeah. It was that third time where I was like, okay. And then he said, and then I never got calls from them again. I didn't get any. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the times, too, you say yes to, uh, let's say, a gig that wouldn't be worth doing on paper. Yeah. Or to most people, they'd say, oh, why are you driving to Phoenix for $50? It's not worth it. Or yeah. why are you driving to San Diego for 20 bucks?" And yeah. a, lot, so a lot of the times they're right. You do it and you're like, I probably shouldn't have done that. And it was a long waste of my night and yeah. I lost money. But sometimes you do that. And then that person sees you at that show that books you for a different show yeah. or the guy who's running that show that only pays well, you $20 see, and gets a $1,000 show. They see the show. ambition, yeah. And then, and but, or they like you and you think of you for the next thing they're doing, which is better. So I rarely have ever thought, and this is also 
I had to stop thinking this way because there was a moment in my career when I did, man, I lost money on this gig. I just stopped thinking like that. Yeah. You know, because it's like it's money that's going to be spent anyway. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'll give you an example of exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So I started in Dallas. There was a comedy club opening up in Corpus. Right. That's a six to seven hour drive, depending on how fast you want to go. And me and my it's on a Wednesday. My buddy and I, uh, we were like, hey, you know what? Let's go check out the open mic down in Corpus. And we made a road trip of it. You know, it's, it's usually we go to the Wednesday open mics in Dallas. So there was there's like five comedy clubs kind of in Dallas. So there's enough comedy there, enough reason to never leave. Mm-hmm. And me and my buddy, are like, let's go check it out. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's make it a road trip. We got in the car. We left like at 10 a.m. You know, we got to that club. We signed up for the open mic, did it. And the owners were so new to comedy because they didn't know anybody in Texas. They called me like nine times to feature that year. Which, right. Because which they is, saw you. You did great. And they and were like. Now you're in there were a new comedy club. There's not a lot of comics in that area. Yep. Now you're the guy. I was the guy, you know, and it was just like because of that. I mean, that's nine times feature, which is tough. Out of any, yeah, nine club. times is a lot for yeah for anywhere. Plus, you're newer into your comedy. It was yeah. a great opportunity for it you. It got me out. You know, it you're was like all right, for headliners. You're- yeah, and that I also met a lot of people that now I know in LA or that took me on the road. Like it was, it was a good connection. Who was someone you met in those nine? Um, it was, was uh, the biggest headliner. That the you biggest out, one? Oh, I don't know about the biggest for, one. For that. For that little comedy club. The biggest headline, I mean, you know, Garbage at that time, Christian. it was like uh, Jeff Garcia. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. So you opened for Jeff Garcia. Jeff, one Manny of Maldonado, times. you know. And now those guys are around here. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. All the time. yeah. No, I've house. known them ever since. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's another one, but I'm not going to name him because uh, <laughs> I ha- got beef with that dude. Oh, you? Could, I didn't even know you had beef with people. Uh, Like two. Two people only. Two people. You're I really don't carry beef. I'll say this. I mean, I don't know you that well, but every time I see you, you're, I don't know, you're so friendly and cool, chill Yeah. that if you have beef with someone in my head right now, it's their fault. Well, yeah. these are people that notoriously have beef with people. Yeah. So that's that's it. Yeah. yeah. It's the X factor. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I just happen to get it in your target. That's all that happened. Like I got in your way Yeah. and now you have beef with me, but uh, it's only, yeah, probably three because honestly... It, nothing really bothers me <laughs> and it's funny because i've had uh moments with friends where we would get in a heated argument or whatever and i'm a very chilled out guy and one of my friends he was like i told him uh in the argument i was like you know i never have yelled at anybody ever until now <laughs> and he's like really it's funny because uh everyone that i know has yelled at me and and, and i was like well there you go there's you a, just, yeah you just exactly answer, you just answer this argument yeah <laughs> and he he did not like that i pointed that out but in my head i was like there you go you you've got to yeah, fix it up man <laughs> yeah like I you mean, turn somebody who doesn't yell into someone that yells at you have you always been the type of guy that doesn't yell or did something it, it has it click no no no. i just never really You've like kind of it has to get guy. to the to a high level of like you're pushing it yeah. but rarely and i remember the first time i yelled at somebody out of anger uh i was probably 26 27 when this it, guy or a different guy a different guy 
the guy that I didn't want to mention earlier. What do you, what do you, what was the, we were working on a project together. He was a headliner that took me on the road, right? And, uh, a headliner with money problems. And then he found out that I had a savings. So he started dipping into my savings, but with the promise of, don't worry, man, I'm gonna get you back kind of thing. And you were just like, sure, you can borrow money. I believed it, you know, like, yeah, sure, man. You're a nice guy. Exactly. And then we worked on a project where for some reason, because he was the headliner, Every time I was with him, when we would meet strangers, I all of a sudden became his his errand boy. I became lesser right. than anybody he met. And in my head, I'm like, I'm supposed to be your boy. I'm your friend. Like, I'm the one traveling with you. I'm the one that put my life out here. I'm the one with the car. I'm the one that's lending you money. But every time we're around people, he would want a power trip and make it seem like I was his servant. Right? So you're just kind of an asshole. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And uh, I helped him write a reality show. He got hired to do this reality show. And uh, I helped him write it uncredited. And he took the side of writers that were hired off of Craigslist over me and didn't, like, ever have my back with things. And I finally just erupted on him because it came down to him being like, you know what, man? I don't think you're doing a good job and this and that. And I was just like, I've been living in this. I was living in Miami I've for two months. money. I was yeah. your errand boy. And I just I fucking, I was like, how do you not trust me when I am the guy that has driven you hours across the country? We did a road trip for 36 hours straight. I've basically had your life in my hands. And you, you're taking these people's words over mine because for some reason you want to, you're never going to hang out with this guy again. Yeah. You know? And it, yeah, the other guy, that was it. it. Like he came in, decided that I was the guy that he was going to focus his attention on, stirred up shit and then left. If he came in right now and apologized to you sincerely. Sincerely? If he sincerely apologized and said, I was an idiot, I made a mistake, would you forgive him? Would you no. ever work with him again? No. No? No, okay, because- stay outside. It's stay outside. <laughs> no, because uh, sincerely is tough. And I've given him many opportunities to have made, made amends. Yeah. And didn't take him. Didn't take Too him. much pride. Too much pride. Or maybe he just genuinely doesn't think he's in the wrong. No, and that's what I found out later. He started telling people, Nick's a bully. He's mean. It's like, okay. Yeah, anyone's going to believe that. That's, that's the crazy part. Is most of the arguments I get in, at the end of the day, it's like, I just want them to see my side of it, and they can't, yeah. and they can't. It's but very hard for people to different. step out of their own. And I've had that discussion with people. I'm like, look, we both have different ethics, morals, and things like that. I see how you see it your way, but you say you can't see it at all my way. We just can't work together. That's yeah. the end of that, you know? You told me something that I found uh, that I think about still sometimes. Oh, I did? When I'm in a you know, a down point in my comedy career was like a, a motivating thing. And, uh, it was, I'm going to remind you of it. And then you say it cause it was your thing. Okay. But it was, you did a, was it last comic standing that you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did last comic standing. And that same year you auditioned for a different competition show oh, yeah, and yeah, didn't yeah. get it. Well, I mean, I remember it was the TBS, uh, Marlon Wayne's show okay. where they, the, Bring the funny, not bring the funny. That's that's the one that's currently on, yeah. but whatever it was, right? And uh, I remember 
like, yeah, I auditioned for Last Comic Standing. I went in for that one. That one was probably prior to Last Comic Standing, mm. that audition, because I was really hurt by that one because we had a friend on the inside who told us the notes that they had about us. And the note that they had on me was he's not Mexican enough. Uh, and it's funny because the other friend that auditioned alongside me, they were like, he's too Mexican for us, you know? So they were casting us based on what part we were going to play and right. not our stand-up. Right. Right? So they wanted a Latino guy, but I was not Mexican. That hurt. Because in my head, I was like, well, that's the point. You know, the point is to have a comic that's a comic. Right. Not someone that's playing into your stereotype. Right. He happens to be exactly. Hispanic descent, like, but that's not... Funny's funny. Yeah, exactly. You know? Uh, and it sucks when you kind of know that... Yeah, anyway. So, yeah, that, that hurt. Uh, because I had kept hearing that it throughout my career, the Mexican Latino issue has been a hurdle that, uh, has upset me a lot. Like I've I've been denied gigs because I remember there was one, it was a Latino headliner who had it written in his contract. He didn't want to work with Mexican comics and the club so in that case, you were too Mexican. Yeah, just because okay. I was. Just because you're Mexican. Yeah, yes, yeah. and I, it, it it hurt me because with the the booker, it's like, but you know my act. Like, my act doesn't say right, anything. But he, uh, to hit, it's not the booker's fault. It's really the headliner's fault. The booker's just trying to make the headliner happy. That's it. Yeah. That's all it is. And that's what I figured out. Yeah. In my head, like, once again, stepping back and not being hurt, mm -hmm. you get hurt initially because it's like, yeah, but I'm funny. Yeah, the booker liked you. He was going to use you. Yeah. yeah. You get hurt initially, but then you step back and you're like, okay. I see what happened. It's a Latino act, uh, and he actually is not heavy Latino. He's not at all. So when you know this business, you know that if you are an ethnic act, the minute you come into town, they immediately try to set your line up with other ethnic people, almost similar to yours, right? And then they try to bill it, especially when you're unknown, they bill it as the ethnic weekend. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I get it. Like, he is a guy that has had to deal with Cinco de Mayo weekend, right? And he's not that, which is a disappointment to the crowd when they were already in the mindset of, oh, this is going to be, you know, yeah. a Latino-heavy show. And yeah. then he's not as Latino as they want him to right. be. So I'm sure he put that in his rider, as in, like, I don't want to follow heavy Latino acts mm -hmm. because I'm not, because uh, it, it just derails my yeah. show. It's hard for me to get the crowd on my side. Yeah. Right? And that happens. So I understood that. Right? And then I looked with the booker. I was like, you have to follow the contract. It sucks that you didn't take my material in consideration and me that you know personally, but whatever. You know? Right. And I, I stepped away from it. I was like, all right, I get it. You know? Yeah. I've, I've been asked to do a couple uh, Jewish shows. Yeah. And that's one of the few times that I have said no to shows because it hits you a little I bit, right? Just, I don't talk about that in my act at all. And I yeah. don't want to be labeled as that. I don't want to be on a poster that's like Jewish comedy. I don't know. Maybe that's my own insecurity with me. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't want to be. Well, I denied a lot of uh, the Latino shows. Yeah. Yeah. Because of that. Especially when it was, if it was a friend, I would do it. A club I loved, I would do it. But when it was a club that never worked me, only on uh, until right. a, then I would say no. Right. 
Because I'm like, you're just being racist. <laughs> that's true. Like, you don't work me it's any true, other weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, just... look at my act. That's not the show I should be exactly. on. Exactly. You know of me. You've yeah. seen me. But you only choose to give me the this ethnic show. That when it pops up once a year, it's like, nah, we're good. Yeah. I don't need your stage time. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah. It happens, man. It sucks. It's a, It's a weird part of the business that claims to be liberal and progressive, but it's not. It's showbiz. You know, right. we're a step above showgirls in Vegas. How do <laughs> yeah. you look? Do you have a nice ass? It's just how it is. Yeah, you know? that's true. You auditioned for this show. Yeah, I don't remember the advice. I told him, like, well, it wasn't is- advice. It was just kind of this, you're at this low point where you, yeah. you, I, I didn't even hear that. I didn't even hear that side of it when you told me about it, that they said you were too, that you weren't Mexican enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you did that. You didn't get it. You're yeah. feeling down, and then you got, like, the biggest stand-up show. Yeah, man, and I remember, uh, so, alongside Last Comic, I tried out for AGT that year, and something inside me just kept saying, you're going to end up on Last Comic Standing. That's where you belong, right? And that similar thing happened with The Tonight Show, where in my heart, I knew that these were the shows that were the ones I was going to be on. Like, I could submit to the others, but the others, I just don't match. This one is the one I match. And uh, I went into audition for AGT. And not, uh, well, AGT was 90 seconds. I fucking just did not Bonk. do good. Yeah, yeah. I was so quick. You know, I was all over the place. Yeah, you're rushing because you're like yeah, 90 seconds. Exactly. No, no comic is used to doing 90 seconds. What do you unless say? Unless you do Kill Tony every week or exactly. something. Exactly. You know, but even then, it's like... What do you want to see? You're performing to three producers, you know, or at one time it was just one producer. So it's like, what do I do as an act? Right. Um, So I didn't get that. Then last comic was auditioned around the same time. And I remember going in, they gave us four minutes, which I was like, great. And I started my act. I think Wanda was in there because she was uh, checking out everything and the other producers. And um, I had them going. Now, it was only females in the room, right? And my last bit is about girls going out. And uh, it's very progressive females, very uh, in-business females. You know, so they have power. And uh, I, a lot of women in power have to be careful of what is being said to them around them because they know how uh they know how shitty this business can be towards females yeah you know what i'm saying like they felt it and it's a i've i've talked to a lot of women in power and it is that that sense of like there's that fine line for them where people are ready to throw stones at them right what with whatever they say and it's, it's it could be a simple fucking thing and it's like down with you burn the witch immediately <laughs> you know what i'm saying so I started doing my female bit, and then the, the laughs got, they got quieter. But I was it like, got, well, I'm in yeah. it. You, you, hit some, you hit some trigger words in there. Yeah, but I was like, all right, so let me just knock it. this out, yeah. this and that. And Wanda, I believe, asked me, she's like, so you, you have a lot of jokes about uh, women. Uh, is, there, is there a reason for that? And I was like, well... You know, I just, I have a perspective that this and that. It was, and I didn't do anything bashing him. If you see my material, I'm never bashing no, him. yeah. Um, she's like, did you grow up in a household full of women? And it was the first time that I clicked. I was like, I have two sisters, my mom. Oh, yeah, I did, basically. Like, yeah, I, I'm right in the middle of two, two uh, women. 
yeah. my older and younger sister, you know? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I guess I'm, that's why I'm more attuned to it, right? And it never clicked before, but I felt like I bombed, right? I was like, fuck. Well, they asked me questions. We left. They asked me about colleges. I was like, okay. And as I was walking out the door, the lady that opened the door for me, who was also another person on the team, uh, was like, man, you were wrong for that. And I was like, ah, she got it. She got the jokes, you know? She's like, okay, it was great. And I walked away feeling like, I'm going to get this. Because, oh, you, just because that one Because girl. of that one, the way she said it, the way it was like, ah, okay. She she approved of it. Okay, She cool. thought it was funny. And All right, you did. Yeah, I got it, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was amazed. I was like, perfect, you know? Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is that they didn't... See, when you perform in front of casting people... Um, it does not compare to the live show, especially oh, if you're not. a performer. Oh, it's the worst. Exactly. It's like even not even just casting people. I've, there's a couple of shows around town that are just very industry heavy. There are a bunch of assistants go to it, you know? I've done those. And even those shows, you go to there and yeah, there's just a different mentality because they're not there to laugh. They're there to scout talent and they're yeah. there to and also to to discover people yeah. and 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 write do write-ups of the show so they're there almost reviewing it in their head yeah. they're a common reviewer and then they're and if they're laugh. if they're junior agents or assistants it's even worse because they've spent the whole uh morning in an office being reminded that they're junior assistants and agents yeah. right or junior agents and assistants so now this is their power trip there's that. They're probably watching comedy all day on YouTube. Yep. They're they're snobs. They're comedy snobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe that maybe uh, justifiably so. But regardless, they're not the best. Some audience. some are yeah. yeah. Some are really good and tuned. Some are just yeah. great business people. You yeah. know, it's a weird time. I it's also a weird time with just diversity. Like you said, I I did this one show. Uh, it's actually my brother's show. My brother runs a show in a backyard, and. This drunk assistant comes in halfway through the show. She's wasted. Mm. She gets there for the last two comics who happen to be male comics. And then the show ends and she comes to my brother. She goes, that was a lot of fun. Uh, you should think about like getting more women on the show. And my brother's like, well, there were, there were two women on the show. And she goes, oh, yeah, maybe just some more. Like, you didn't even watch the show. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you watch the whole show and maybe didn't see any women, then say something. Yeah, exactly. Just that's how it is, though. And she works in the business. Yeah, she works in. She's one of the gatekeepers. So it was just. It's it. Sometimes it could be upsetting when uh, when you know when you know the gatekeepers. You know, there's some that are really in tune. I always find the best gatekeepers are the ones that completely love the role they play. And have accepted the role they play, and they don't dip their toes into your pool. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's interesting. Like, so what you're saying, for example, a comedy producer that doesn't do stand up and doesn't give producer. he's just like I know what I yeah I know how to produce this yeah yeah you know like I uh, I got a real good friend of mine who owns the comedy clubs in Dallas, and we asked him. He's like so. Uh, who's you know who's your favorite stand-up or what, what do you think about stand-up and he was like honestly man i don't even know why people come show up <laughs> i don't know why people come out to go to comedy clubs I'm, I'm happy they do it's kept me in business for years i'm the business guy you know uh, i mean i like a, i like a whole bunch of you guys but i really don't know what the attraction of comedy is 
you know, Hilarious. and that's it. There it is. That's He's lame. like, I'm the one that knows how to set up the lights, get the stage right, get the food going, set up it this is business. True. Once you're in, even even any role in comedy, once you've been doing enough, you don't care about. You don't watch comedy like a fan anymore. Nah. Once you watch a hundred shows, you could be the owner of the club. You may walk in, watch for two minutes, but you're not yeah. sitting down watching the. You full watch show. your favorites, yeah. and that's it. You know, or somebody that you're like, ah, this is somebody I should watch. Let me try this out. You know? Yeah. It's yeah, weird. yeah. Sometimes I wish I could go back and. And enjoy it? And enjoy it. But well, now I can't. Now I analyze it. Do you really? Yeah. You don't. If you sit in a comedy show and watch a comedy. I guess I do. I could still say that guy's good. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, I see what he did there. I analyze oh, I it. But then there's certain people that I. Can let it go for. Let it go for. Yeah. yeah there's certain that I'm like, go for it. Well, like Eddie Pepitone was performing at the the lab and I was on after him. And, uh, you know, I'd never seen him live at all. I saw his, his documentary, right? And I was like, oh, let's just watch. And I just enjoyed it, you know, because with a guy like him, there is no structure to analyze, you know? Right. But there is, But he has it. He has his structure. Yeah. And if you want to, you can break it down. But in the ideas of stand-up, it's, it's Eddie's Eddie. Right. <laughs> it does make it easier when you're watching someone and you go, oh, I'm never going to do anything like that. Yes. And you're yeah. like, I'm not even going to analyze gonna this. I'm just going to appreciate this because I'm never going to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And then he would just hit on certain things. You're like, man, this guy just knows his world and he knows how to enhance it comedically on stage. And it's just... It's interesting. It was really fun to watch, but it's those guys that take me out of it. Like I, yeah, those are the best ones. Yeah. So we've done a lot of comedy talk. I know, man. I'm sorry. What is this? Is this what you usually do? I don't know. No, it's just it's just random. What, what happens? Okay, all right. You never know. But I'm here to help you. I know, right? That's uh, that's what I heard. I'm here to fix your life because you don't know this about me, but I'm actually an expert in everything. Okay. And all right. I could I could save you. All right. Okay. Religiously, spiritually, mentally, physically. I'm a hero. Yeah. All right. I believe it. What issues do you I saw how much you set life? up this garage. I'm like, this guy saves things. <laughs> <laughs> One time um, I saw a bird. Yeah. And I could see that it was in pain. And so I stepped on its head and saved it from the pain. That's nice of you. And just put it out, put of, out of misery. misery. No, yeah, I've yeah. never done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mercy kill. Mercy. Is that something you think you could do? Kill a bird? Kill, do a mercy kill for a bird, animal? I think it depends on the animal. I think I could, in, in the situation, for example, if I'm in a car and I saw a squirrel get run over, maybe I'll rerun over it just to make sure it doesn't suffer. But okay. if I had to like go up to it and like break its neck with my hands, I don't think I could do that. Yeah, it'd be tough. That would be yeah. tough. Or I if think I had a gun, could I shoot an animal to put it out of its misery? Yeah, I think I could do that. I yeah. Or could I go up to it with a knife and stab it to death? Oh, no, do I, I don't think I could do it'd that. Be tough. Yeah. I think I could only do it if, say, there was another person there who couldn't do it. Oh, so you had to like step it up for the good of the. That's, so you're saying you'll do it, but you'll see if anyone else can do it first. Yes. Can you do this? Or, no, or if it's somebody that's like, I, I just can't, but I don't want them in pain. It's like, God damn it. I guess I'll do it. I'll do it. That's true. It changes night. things. Like, is there a pretty girl around that, you know, I got to be the man in front of? That yeah. might 
make it. Like, do it. Here you go. It was just like, ah, oh, like, yeah, it would be tough. Yeah. Okay, so issues in your But life. with myself, I'd just abandon. <laughs> you just let it. I'd be like, I'm sorry. I'm just going to let myself. I really don't want you to be in this misery, but I can't. I can't do it. I can't do this. Yeah, I'm too big of a pussy to kill myself. Yeah. I've, yeah. I'm yeah. not suicidal, but if I was, I wouldn't be able to do it. How many... Okay, let me ask you this. Because uh, I... I'm not suicidal either, but suicidal thoughts constantly plague uh, my mind. Isn't that kind of being suicidal? Well, I don't know. That's the thing. I like, don't know. Have you thought about how you would kill yourself if you did? I've put myself in scenarios, but I don't know if I'm just being... Uh, I don't know if that's just you thinking. Don't, yeah, I don't know. Because uh, I've never been like, I need to... Uh, it's more of like, you know... I have those moments where I'm like, yeah, I could be done with it right now. It's fine. Or I, if I get to this age, I'll just off myself or whatever, right? Uh, or, you know what? Fuck it. If I just off myself today, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got to finish this video. I can't do it. <laughs> 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 right? But it does pop up in my head a good amount. Not constantly, but a good amount. But my thing is, I don't know if that makes me suicidal. Or if that's just... I don't know. If people I mean, have that, I they have those thoughts. I don't have thoughts like that, to be honest. Yeah? So I don't, I'm not saying that makes you suicidal, but it's still not... I don't think it's that normal to think all the time. I could just kill myself right now and doesn't, it wouldn't matter. I think it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are a little suicidal. And uh, it's very much of like, if it was just done, it's done. And there's times where I'm like, like I've gotten to this place where... Uh, if I can go a day without feeling emotions, it's a great day. I don't a day like without feeling negative emotions. You mean no emotions, just emotions. You rather be numb. just nothing right now. Oh, you should. I could easily put a fix to that. Just yeah. take antidepressants. Oh, I don't want those to. things numb you. Well, right that's up. the thing is that I don't want to. I don't want to. I think it, but I don't want to actually chemically enhance myself to get there. Got Although it. I did take Kratom before I came over. I don't even know what Kratom... That's like a natural antidepressant? Yeah, 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 I guess so. Yeah, kind of. So maybe I do kind of stay a little medicated. Another way to stay numb, uh, to masturbate a lot? You, you know what? I have a superstition about masturbation. What is it? Uh, it's um, bad luck to... Every time that I... Look, I'm going to say this, and this is going to ruin masturbation for people. Every time that I have masturbated, I notice that something terrible, something bad, <laughs> something unlucky happens. That's awful. Like uh, flat tire tickets. Oh, so like, you're saying just like a karma thing in the universe yes. happens. And yeah. I noticed it like if I, and it's very rare that I do it. And there's those times when you get a little pent up, right? But I have to tell myself I am willing to ruin the next day for some, something. I'm going to get some bad news. Something's going to happen. Hey, fair enough. That happens. I mean, I was going to say you hear about boxers, uh, professional yeah, fighters, yeah. and they you, there's two camps in those things. Some people don't masturbate before a fight. They said they, that takes off their energy. They need that extra juice, that power. Yeah, yeah, Hold in that thing. And then some people do the opposite, where they masturbate before every fight. And they just get ready they to go. go there and lose. I don't know, man. I uh, When I started noticing it, and I didn't know if it was guilt, I didn't know if it was actual spirituality, karma, whatever. It's just like it happens so often 
and I guess I kept focusing on it happening so often. I was like, this is not something wrong is happening. So I, I think just need another to- way to get yourself to be kind of numb to the planet and not have any emotions, positive or negative, is to put put yourself through something very extreme and traumatic and that way when you're going through regular life it just feels like nothing i guess so so right? maybe like okay you're a straight a straight male from my perspective right yeah are you are you a, do you have any gayness in you no so maybe go to a gay bar and have gay sex and then it's going to be traumatic you're going to yeah. have a bad time most likely yeah and then when you're going through regular be, life be the bottom be the bottom yeah and then after that Nothing's going to phase you. But here's the thing. Okay, so I have thought of scenarios like that, right? And then I have imagined how many times... I mean, I already told you, suicide pops up in my head. Random thoughts pop up in my head. Comedy pops up in my head. Situations. Look, I would love to not go through a day without emotions, but what I really mean is I would like... I don't like to attach emotions to everything in the day, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel... That if I ever did anything uh, gay, that I could not go a day from that point on without analyzing it. And yeah, about so it. at that point, you're analyzing that instead of the suicidal thoughts. Now you're analyzing okay. your gay thoughts, see? And then I will go to like, you know, to Pinkberry and I'll be like, man, I remember when I did that gay thing. Yeah, and now, yeah. You're, th- now you're not thinking, how should I kill myself? You're thinking, am I gay? a girl almost convinced me to man i dated yeah i dated this girl who was uh she really kind of liked you know the idea of boys kissing boys and stuff like that that is weird yeah yeah some girls are into it yeah you know i guess we're into it with girls so it's not that weird but um and uh she she was like my first girlfriend that i was in love with and she wanted me she we talked about it she was like uh, I'd like to see you do something sexually with a dude, you know, like go down on him or something like that. And I was so in love in my head. I was like, well, just set That's it up. That's what she wants. You know, just make sure he's, he's, he's good looking, you know, <laughs> and doesn't stink. <laughs> Could you imagine if you did that? That's the thing. What a fucked you up. It'll pop in my head every now and then because of course that relationship didn't last. No. But it'll pop up in my head like, what if I actually went through it? Like I just said it, but it doesn't mean that I you took know the it's, steps. It's interesting. When I talked to you, you seem like a guy who would be married with a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the demeanor of a married guy. Well, I guess that would make sense. But you're not. Yeah. I have a very, I have a problem with willing to please. You are willing to please? You're not willing to I'm willing to please. Wouldn't that be another good quality in a husband? In a husband, yes. That's what I'm saying. Especially when you, when you're a nice guy, you've had a couple girlfriends. I don't know. I just thought you'd be married by now. Would you say you're not married because of stand up? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Stand up and also, um, I didn't come from, I didn't come from a, a bad household at all, but there wasn't a happy marriage. It was like friends. So you're a little scared of that. Uh, not even scared. I just never saw a marriage play out in front of me as a thing, you know, like it didn't play out as a normal. So it never became a thing where I was like, Oh, I want that for myself. I didn't even know that, uh, like I've had problems with expressing love and things like that. Uh, and I, figured out it's because of the you know my parents 
we're together but not together. My dad slept in a separate room. You know? He had, he had his Weird. own room. My mom had her own room. That's strange. Why did they even stay married? Were they religious? The kids. Just for the U.S.? Yeah, I pretty much. nice enough. Yeah, yeah. I, that's I, th- I mean, I don't know really what it came down to for them. Kids, money, I don't know exactly, but my dad... They were almost roommates. Pretty much. Yeah. But they yeah. didn't see other people. Uh, or if they no. did, they kept it away from you guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if they did, they kept it away. We never... Like, I've never seen my dad uh, ever date anybody else interesting like i've never i don't know any other romantic uh partners he's been with had never met him so he's kept that very quiet my mom remarried but that's the only one that i know of you know uh so yeah it was very bubble you know yeah he went through a little bubble okay here's a question for you you've done you've been doing comedy how long uh, since 2005 2006 so About that's 14, 13 years. 13, 14 years. Yeah. Decent amount of time. Done a lot of things. Yeah. What of all the things in comedy is your biggest regret or something you wish you could go back in time and redo, whether that be an audition, a role you took, a job you took? Fuck, man. An audition a, you messed up. Like, what's something where you're like, quite oh, a few. I wish I got, but one thing that you kind of, that maybe every time you think of it, you go, man, I wish I could do that over or not do that or redo that. Or not that. do that? Some, anything. Just maybe kind there's of, more not do that than anything. Either something you wish you didn't do, something you wish you could redo, like an audition or a set. Uh, Any moment in your life where you're I like, wish man, I, I fucked that up. I wish I wouldn't have... Um, I wish I wouldn't have signed up with my first management company. How come? Because I saw them differently. I wish I would have asked more about what they saw from me as a bigger management company. Uh, and the problem is, is that a bigger management company is kind of like an agency. They just got tons of clients and they're going to push their list in front of people and the, the people get to pick and choose who they want. Whereas a smaller management, they only got a few, so they're going to push the client they want to push. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, you are the one that we're pushing for this. Um, I went with them because I knew everything about their brand was stand-up. And I was like, that's what I'm great at. And that's what I want somebody to focus on. What I didn't realize is that their focus was trying to replicate three arts to be a production management thing. They wanted to get into the film, TV side, which I Uh I get it. There's money there. Yeah. But I wish I would have had at that time a... uh, And then, honestly, even more than that, because they were good, but I, you know, whatever... Uh, even more than that. was one year? Three years. So three years. Yeah. Uh, and they even told me, man, like my manager, when he dropped me, he called me, he's like, you know, I feel like you're dying on the vine. I'm not giving you enough attention. And it, I felt it and it hurt because it was like, here I am getting a lot of gigs. I'm a, I'm a worker. You know, you put me in something, I do it. And I had just gotten a corporate gig where I got paid six grand to do 10 minutes. So it's not like I wasn't making money. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't making millions, but how right. many people but you're are? you're doing okay. Yeah. And it's like, yo, how many people do you know could do this corporate gig? 
you know, and colleges and regular stand-up. And so I felt like I'm a utility player. How can you not see that? And I just guess I'm not because I'm not a TV star. I'm not enough of a character. I also denied something that they wanted me to do, and that put me in a bad light with the main people. Got it. Right? But I still don't regret that. I'm happy I didn't do it. Uh, Shooting a special for a TV channel that I knew was dissolving. Oh, I'm surprised. Uh, and but you were just like, yeah, I'll wait for something. You were I in knew your it head. Was, you were saying, I'm gonna wait for something that isn't dissolving. Yes, but still, you turned down the paycheck of doing it. You yes, turn- I turned it down because I'm like, now. look, this. I know that this network is di- dissolving. I've heard it. I don't know why you guys are pitching us these specials, and they never had a plan for. What's going to happen with it? Right. Is it going to disappear? Now I, all that material's burned and no one's going to yeah. see it. You know, are you just going to hold on to it? Which they're notorious for doing. Holding on to it until the person pops and then all of a sudden now you have a five-year-old special. Right. That's like, well, I don't, why'd you put that out now? You know, oh, you pop now, right? Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of things and they were selling me on the wrong ideas. It was like they sold me on... This is the, it's going to be filmed in the theater where Carlin films uh, a special. I was like, I don't care about that. <laughs> I don't care where it's filmed. Yeah. I just I, want it to be good. I, yeah. Not only do I want to be good, I want to be presented properly. And I also wanted to have a good push. That's what you sell me on. Right. I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's it, just going to build my fan base. Exactly. Is it good for me? Um, so I'm happy I said no to that. And then even beyond that, I wish I would have taken acting lessons. Uh, right, Interesting. right when I got to LA. How come? Explain to me that one. Because uh, I wish I would have been because then I won that holding deal. Like I came in to LA 2009. I won that holding deal like 2013, 14. Okay. And there was like a lot that of was auditions. The, the last uh, comic stand? No, stand up NBC. It was oh, after last NBC. comic stand. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I kept pushing acting away because I'm like, I'm a stand up or right. whatever, right? No, so I'm you're saying gonna. you got a bunch of auditions. And I was and you, you weren't good in those auditions. No. Did you take an acting class then when you got yeah, the audition? Yeah, I did. But it but was, there was you didn't have enough. Didn't time. have enough. Well, because it was like huge parts. Right. Because it was like a holding deal. So they were sending me. You're gonna opposite. Uh, you're gonna act opposite Gary Sinise in an UCSI. Like, okay, well, I can't do that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I I want one line, but I wasn't even good at one line. Right. Uh, so I wish when I came here, I would have played the game in the sense of I should have taken acting classes. I and then you would have been ready when the you money. had that opportunity. Yeah. yeah, but that's a hard thing to predict. And it is. Who and, knows? and then I just told myself, well, no, you're a stand-up. Just be a stand-up, you know? But then you have to... It's, 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 this Do career, you take acting classes now or no? I haven't in a bit. I yeah. should. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't, you know? It's just like, ah, fuck it, yeah. you know? It is what it is. Dude, acting class, it's like you only have time for so much. Yeah. And. Well, you have to want to be an actor. Yeah, that's the thing. You're acting going up against people a... that want to be an actor. And it's kind of like improv classes. I took UCB for three years or three, like the three levels. Uh-huh. And uh, by the third level, I was like, yeah, I'm not an improv Yeah, this guy. isn't what I like to do. I don't come up with characters. I don't ever come to these jams ever. I only do it when it's required of me, and he's, this is a waste of money. And I just have to accept that, that I just don't fit in this world. Yeah. 
you know, and that's it. But that's also hard to do because you're told, hey, get get it all on your resume to try. And, you know, you, you do it, but at what benefit? Exactly. You know? Yeah, that's why it's like you say you wish you took diving classes. Well, I guess because you had that opportunity. Yeah, I wish I would have. Maybe you didn't capitalize That one on. at least. It's like, okay, that one, because improv is... Uh, Improv to me is an art. But would you, if you didn't get that holding deal, then you probably would have been like, oh yeah, why would I take acting classes? Exactly. Yeah. More than likely. So. I should have. It's give and take. Who knows? <laughs> it is what it is, man. I'm going to play a couple of voicemails from people. Oh no. And these are people who, I know most of them. Oh yeah? And usually I don't, but I ran out of uh, fan callers. I ran in a listener caller, so if you're listening to this, please send in asking for advice to Ari at AriManus.com. Please send in your tapes. But I ran out of those, so we're going to take a couple calls from people I know who are asking for oh, okay. help. Okay, all right. Okay, so this one is from... Hey, Ari. Um, I want some advice. Uh, my name's Patrick, and I'm getting uh, into comedy, and I just wanted to know if I should do open mics or just jump into it and do a do a show in the main room at the comedy store my first time um i'm kind of a ballsy guy and you know i'm up for a challenge you know i, I see other guys doing that. I can do that. what do you think thanks <laughs> what do you think patrick should do <laughs> Just go straight up to the main. I think we've all done that. <laughs> everyone thinks. Um, everyone say, thinks they're ready before they're ready, right? Yeah. Well, you, you meet a new comic. They're like, "How do I? Uh, how do I get immediately get signed? How yeah. do I get on TV?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, "You work on getting five great minutes that you're yeah, proud of." But they don't even understand that. No. You don't even know what that is when you first get in. Um, I think, honestly, either way, he should definitely do open mics. Either way, you're, just, you're gonna have to do them, bro. You're gonna have to get in that fucking right. You can go do uh, the main room this, first there's time. A, there's a few people who don't do open mics. People who are famous before they started stand up, so they never have to do them. Like uh, yeah, I won't even say names, but someone who's a TV star and then Jeremy jumps in Piven. Stand, Jeremy Piven I'm sure probably he never, never did done open mic. mic. Yeah, but watch their stand up. I'm not even saying they're necessarily bad, but they're never gonna be great. Well, yeah. You know, then, like look at John Lovitz. He's another one. Yeah, he started stand up after he did Saturday Night Live and was in movies. Yeah, I watched him. He's fine. The crowd will laugh at him. Yeah, but he's never gonna be like, holy shit! Did you hear that joke John Lovitz does about so and so? You have to. He's never gonna be that. The the benefit of of beginning as a stand up is you learn how you learn. You have to learn how to make an audience of strangers laugh based on nothing about you. They're not there to see you. They don't fucking care about you. They don't know what you're like. So it's like I have to figure out a way to make all these strangers love me. Whereas when you're a celebrity, they, they love already, already love you. Yeah. And that's, that's a yeah. tough or one. Or going up on a show where they're here to see a different celebrity. They're not yeah. even there. To, it's not only you have to get them to love you, but they're like, bring on the next guy. Yeah. Right? That's their initial feeling. Yeah. So that's, that's, the, that's the fight of the stand-up, but that's what makes us great. In the be- if you really fight it is because you're like, no, I can make this crowd laugh. I have no problem. I mean, Hicks started at 15 telling jokes about his parents and his principal and homework. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> he knew how to make people laugh. Uh, with this guy, it's like, bro, go do, do whichever. Because honestly, you're, that's night one. 
<laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't even matter if you do a sold out main room and bomb. Yeah, because you're going to be doing it's hundreds a, it's of those night one, bro. Okay, this is from Stephen Fury. Hey, Ari, Steve Fury, your buddy. Um, got a problem. You're the only guy I can come to. So I've been dating a girl now for nine months, and it's going great. We've never fought one time. We get along, but I would love to have sex with other people. Do I break up with her? Do I cheat on her? Because I feel like cheating on her, the worst thing that happens is we break up, and if I don't get caught, then we just keep dating. All right. Please help me, Art. What a bad guy. <laughs> I mean, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Well, it's kind of like this. Um, you have to decide in that moment... Uh, am I okay with ruining this person's emotions, right? And, uh, I mean, I've been in that situation where... No one wants to get cheated on. Nobody wants to get cheated on. I would say this, you know... Break up with her. Break up with her. If you're even having the thoughts, can do you're I break right. up with her? 100% break do up I with her. cheat on her? Just, yeah, because you, you want to fuck other people. The fact that you're need, if you're th- if you want to fuck other people, s- listen. Everyone wants to fuck because other people. Because if she asked the same thing, what would you say? Yeah, that's a good point. Pretend if she, like if you she was her. like, if she yeah. was like, hey, oh, so you want an open relationship? And I had a friend do that, where he approached his girl, uh, both open, sides. I'll say this: I've heard I've heard both situations from both sides. Uh, I had a friend who, with his girl, decided to do an open relationship, and all he was was aggravated and angry the whole time because his girl was out there getting fucked. And yeah, it wasn't because who gets, who gets action easier? Yeah. If, you, if, if a guy and a girl go out there and are allowed to hook up with other people, that girl can get it whenever she wants. Yeah. But that. here's the other thing. So I heard the flip side where the girl told the guy, look, I'm not... I'm not uh, good with monogamy. I want to have an open relationship. And the guy's like, sure. And he went out and kept fucking. And she was like, and now I feel weird because, you know, I gave him this pass and he's good. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing it. (laughs) And he's doing it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe that's it. So I'd say either break up with her or discuss with her an open relationship. Those are the two options. You've got to find the person that... Because that I, I have seen people do it successfully, too. Yeah. It's that's rare. The thing. You both have to, both you both have to agree. Yeah. You both, both have to be into it. And confident. Yeah. To me, you have to be so confident to handle an open relationship because I get the desire of wanting to be with other people sexually, but... To hear about your girlfriend, the girl you love, going out there and being with someone else, I would get jealous. I wouldn't be able to control it. Oh, I would destroy Doesn't me. matter how, even if I mentally go, I understand, it's okay, I would do the same thing. I under, it's just, it's hard. I can't. Yeah, it I'm definitely, jealous. It'll, it hits. And you're like, because there's just a, it feels like there's just a difference as yeah. a man. Because it's like, well. Why am I not good enough? No, it's almost like, well, but my dick's going in somebody else. Someone's dick is going into you. Like, that's the way a man thinks. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, that's the difference, okay? Right. Is a that, dish I don't take. Yeah, you're open to receiving, but I'm just giving, you know? So it's different. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, I'm too sensitive to handle that. But yeah, Steve, I think you should break up with her most likely. Yeah. At the... It's probably the most... Because everyone has a desire to be with someone else, but to make a call about it and to think about it that much where you're debating on what to do. If you're debating whether or not to break up with a girl, yeah. you probably just want to break up with a girl. 
I exactly. It it does come down to that, and I've and it's funny because I've been the dog, you know, like I've been the guy that that uh, makes mistakes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think most people have. But I also justified it at every point, and the one girl that I really was like not with, but with, I. Justified in my head because I was like, well, I never gave her a pet name. I never told her I loved her. I never actually wanted, I never actually asked her to be my girlfriend. We never officially s- said we were dating. She How just long kept had staying you been dating? Uh, we had been together for, we, we had, the entire relationship was five years. Holy, sh- so f- this is four years in, you go, well, she, I never said no, she no, was no. my girlfriend. So this is from day one. Oh, day one, wow. Day one, I'd never said she was my girlfriend. I never this, because I was, dude, I was, just getting on TV and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was just getting attention. It's yeah. the first time that I'm really uh, feeling cute, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and this girl was just attached to me, you know? And I was like, I never gave, but everyone's like, but you guys are dating, all right? You just have to accept. I'm like, no, I never gave her a pet name. I they're never like, called her baby. Like, You've been together for four years. I was like, but we're not together. <laughs> but she li- she lives with you. But oh, we're not together. <laughs> She's my roommate and we hook up. Yeah. And I pay for the rent all and everything else. But we never. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would just send her. Well, I would send her back to her, her home when I would want to hook up with somebody else. And she would just take it? She didn't know at first. But then she there was a couple of times she caught it. Caught wind of it or kind of knew. And, and then uh, that ended. Well, no. No? No, the first time she... She forgave you? She just... Yeah. Or did she never even... It wasn't even a thing where you're like, I'm I'm not going to stop? Or It was just like, this is me. And she was like, okay. She she dealt with it. I, I mean, I don't know. She would be somebody that you'd have to talk to figure out how she Damn. got through it. You know? So why did it finally end then? Uh, she found somebody else. Got it. And I think that was it. And that's always was my fear. My fear dating her the whole time, this is why I never committed to her, was I felt like she was just trying to find a place to get comfortable. Like, yes, she was in love with me. But aside from that, she really just wanted to leave her parents' house. Got it. And that's how I felt. I was like, it feels yeah, like... Yeah, it didn't feel like it was all, all for... You guys, it was yeah. more just she's figuring her life out. I'm figuring my life yeah, out. Yeah, and I just happen to be. A, I I have no problem. I'm a nice guy. Yeah, I have a nice apartment. She come. I'm, I'm a funny dude, you know. Yeah. So I get it, but that's also what hindered it. And and I and I have that problem sometimes where I'm like, why are you really in this? You know, like, are you in this because of comfort? Are you in this because of, of codependency? Or are you in it because of me? Yeah. It's, that's kind of just scary part with any relationship. You have yeah. those thoughts like, does she really love me? Is she really in this for the right reasons? Am I in this for the right reasons? Yeah. Those are all. Dude, it's tough, man. I, I constantly yeah. think about relationships too. Suicide and relationships. <laughs> those are the two. Suicide, comedy, and relationships. That's what's you always right on my now? brain. Uh, I'm uh, in, in limbo. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. And then it's tough when you're on the road. Being on the road is tough. Well, you know what? So here's the thing. Being on the road is actually an easy decision if you want to get laid or not, if you want to cheat or not. And that decision comes down to this. Do you want to deal with the headache of there's going to be two headaches? Trying to get this girl to fuck you (laughs) on the road 
dealing with it, trying to keep it, the point of like getting her there, getting her away, getting it to happen. It's all time wasted in my mind. Yeah. And then the headache of what if I get caught? Right. So you have to decide, is this even worth it? Like I honestly, even in my single times, like I would not chase after girls after shows that's what i was gonna say it's not even worth it when you're single most of the time it's just not and and honestly the times that i hooked up on the road it was like me and the girl first off they scoped me out for a bit it wasn't like immediate i always said that i was the three-day king they would see me thursday and come back <laughs> sunday <laughs> oh, oh, take the whole weekend go seal yeah. the deal hilarious yeah yeah uh, oh, that's they'd even finally not worth it. it. <laughs> Thursday, they'd be like, oh, man, he was cute. There's something about him. Friday, they'd reach out. Hey, that was so funny, blah, blah, blah. Saturday, they'd kind of like, so you want to go get coffee? I was like, sure. And then Sunday would, okay, well, he's about to leave town, so I better make a move. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, so yeah. So it's just like, do you want to deal with the headache? And often, nowadays, I, it's funny. I just did a gig with a, with a comic. It was like, hey, man, I got that number. This girl said she wanted to hang out with you and so I so I got her number for you you know because he was used to headliners saying go get me numbers of girls <laughs> I've never had a headliner say that to me <laughs> I have wow. it's weird it's fucking weird because it's just like what do you want me to say to I've had the headliner hey Nick go 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 go, go get that girl's number and while he was and selling merch and taking pictures like, and what if you come back and you're like she didn't want to give you her number <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that happens too and it feels so fucking weird Right. So I was never into that. And so the guy approached me with his girl's number and I was like, no, we're we're in Brea for one night. You want to sit around and for three hours with me? we got to get back to North Hollywood. You want to sit around with me for three hours while I try to figure this out? And then what if I do hook up? You're going to wait the extra two. It's done. It's a Wednesday. <laughs> Don't you want to get back home? Like, why would you even do this? <laughs> like, am I like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> do you really want me to just force you to wait for me to hook up? And like, he's like, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, like, yeah. that's stupid. Let's go. Well, I think we figured it out then. And we had two yeah. other comics with us. I was like, there's two other comics with us. What's wrong with you? I think we figured out no more girls on the road. You got to find someone to settle down with. Yeah. Take some acting classes, yeah, and uh, keep taking your natural. Well, I don't know if you got to find. Some, I don't know if you got to find somebody to, to settle down with, or don't. Yeah, but maybe oh, you're keep saying it healthy. Me. You're saying me. Well, from I would like to, but yeah. to keep the point is to keep it, uh, keep it healthy. Don't keep, keep it secret, very healthy. Don't keep secrets from someone. Yeah, it can't you know, start. One night it, stands. It aren't can't worth start it. on a secret because it will never flourish. Whatever. You you got to imagine a relationship as I'm planting a seed. And often we plant the seeds in bad soil or dark places. So the plant never flourishes properly. You honestly have to be clean, clear, and ready yourself to yeah, even true, attempt to work it. on yourself first. You yeah. got to be ready for a relationship. And then, then you have a fertile soil to actually plant the seed of a relationship where you're giving an honest try. Like I'm honestly trying to make this work. Not, hey, we hooked up and it, I didn't believe that I was going to like you this much. You know, it's like, let's give it an honest try. And that's where the best relationships come from. It's like, you agree. We want to do this? Makes sense. Yeah. And then uh, as long as you give the honest try and everything started honestly, then 
the other person, that's their option to fuck it up or not. Because you're like, yo, I gave him my honest best. I did what I could. But more often than not, they won't. Because if you're both honestly doing it, it's going to work. I'm going to try and incorporate that into my life, I think. Yeah. Starting. Dude, we all got to clear. Today. Today. There you go. Starting now. No more naughty boy, Ari. Oh, for real? Just sweet, innocent. You were were naughty boy? I had some naughty incidents. I was a good, I'm a good guy that makes slip ups. Oh. Yeah. I'm a good guy at heart. Yeah, I think I'm that way too. But it's bro. just a matter of willpower. That's my that's it my is. biggest issue in my life. It's just lack of willpower. Yeah, you know? mine's mine's uh uh I I say that I'm a giver, but it's selfishness. That's but that's almost healthier. You want to take care of yourself first. Well, you I'm, know, and I, I, I someone and I who that... sends all their money to their parents, yeah, and to their their oh, family and each then month, you just and then they're struggling with their own rent. I'm yeah. like, hey, it's nice of you to send money back to your family, but you got to take care of your own self first. Yeah, you it's true. Pay your own rent. You have to, or else, especially in this business. Yeah, this business, you are the business. You are the CEO. You are your employee. Your product in any business, and it's funny because it's even with like dentists that are starting their own practice, doctors that are starting their own. They there's a certain amount of years if you want to be successful in life, where you have to be selfish. It has yeah. to be about you and your business. Yeah, you have to. You just have to. That's just. It doesn't make you. It doesn't make you a bad person no. to think about yourself. No, no, no. It doesn't. You just have to know, like, no, I, I want when to you have succeed extra, at this level. When you have extra money, where you're like, I could give this person a thousand dollars, and it will help them a lot, and it won't affect me negatively. That's fine. Give give money back to whoever you want. Yeah. But. Wait till you have that extra thousand dollars. Yeah. Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, I got a podcast, True Scary Stories with Edie, that True. I do with Edie Gibson. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And we, you guys tell scary stories. We read episode? scary stories and then you we read. comment on them. Oh, that sounds fun. And sometimes our sub, uh, listeners submit them. I like scary like stories. I like. Uh, I went to high school in Roswell, New Mexico. Oh UFO no. UFO capital of the world. Yeah. I like. Actually, it's funny. I don't like horror movies. They scare me too much. Yeah. But I like horror novels and okay. I like serial killer documentaries. Yeah. And I like podcasts about yeah, scary stuff. I'm into that stuff. So I like that stuff, but I don't like horror movies. I so love horror movies. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a point that, that I didn't. But really? I guess something about seeing it. I guess so. I mean, it depends on which ones. Yeah, you're right. There are some that, that kind of freak you out. Though for me, it's the ones that could be real. Like yeah. saw or something where I'm like it's plausible that yeah, there's something yeah, 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 like yeah. even though it's not there's you know not going to happen to me but yeah that's you could those get are the thrown into a situation scary. or yeah. the ones that are even based on real serial killers those yeah. ones scare me the most yeah I get you yeah all right well thanks for doing the podcast no problem man yeah, yeah. thank you for having me yeah. You're listening to you're listening to unlicensed 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 unlicensed, unlicensed. unlicensed therapy with Ari Manis. Ari Manis.